Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of Evan Sports Media Podcast. Today, we have different things that we are going to be talking about when it comes to the Mets. First, though, I would like to say that I'm now on social medias for the podcast. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and I don't know if I'm going to set up a TikTok or not for this account, but go ahead and follow me on all the socials, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at least on. Click the link in the descriptions. And also, this is if you're watching on YouTube, and if you are on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, if you want to listen to them from YouTube, I'll link that also. But if you're on those, be sure to check out the YouTube channel for this because you get to, you know, get more, get the feedback going easier. And I could just read comments easier from there. And we could just get the podcast growing because it will be easier to grow with the exposure on YouTube. So if you are listening on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts, I do recommend at least uh, dropping a like on each podcast, subbing, and maybe leaving a comment if you do want to leave your feedback. So let's dive into today's discussion. We got a couple different things that I want to talk about. So last episode, I mentioned to you guys that we are going to be talking about how trash, buns, booty, whatever term you want to use to describe Brody Van Wagenen, that's what we were going to be talking about today. So, we're also going to be talking about the Robinson Cano thing, and the last topic for today will be who I think the Mets should target in free agency here. But let's jump into the whole thing with Brody. So, let's just start with what he did that's good here with the New York Mets. And for that, I I could count on one hand good things that he did. Extended Jacob DeGrom. Traded for J.D. Davis. And that's really about it. I guess he didn't give up Conforto or Nimmo to get J.T. Romuto. Like, that rumor was supposed to be... Like, that rumor was trending around that one offseason. That's really about it. Other than that, it has just been trash. Complete trash. And just... it. I don't even know where to begin with the bad... Where do we begin? Let's begin, I guess, with the entire trade that has defined his GM tenure with the New York Mets, and that is the Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz trade, and it is just amazing how it all ties together with the Cano suspension, which we'll talk about later. But, so, that trade, let's dive into it. I I don't know why I'm really going in depth with this trade because you guys already know the trade. And if you don't and you've been living under a rock for the past few years, Brody Van Wagenen traded the New York Mets arguably top prospect at the time. I don't know if he was ranked first in the prospect pool by scouts and everything, but he was a highly rated prospect who was drafted in the previous year by Sandy Alderson and crew. And... The Mets need center field help, so they drafted Jared Kelenic. So, Brody Van Wagenen comes into the picture, and he makes a opening statement, a mission statement when he gets here, and that statement was, we will win now, but we will also win in the future. So, that entire thing, and he also said stuff like, come and get us, just complete overconfidence and arrogance from Brody Van Wagenen and it was just oh man this trade just 
defines his entire tenure. So, Jared Kelnick, as I mentioned, the Mets see a center fielder, right? But Brody Van Wagenen thinks that he's so smart. So, he what he does, he goes out and trades Jared Kelnick, Justin Dunn, Jay Bruce, Gerson Batista, and Anthony Swarzak for Robinson Cano, who just came off of a steroid suspension, and all-star closer Edwin Diaz. At the time, some people were okay with this trade. I have my initial thoughts saved on an Instagram that I will never get rid of because I want people to know that right from the get-go, I knew this trade was terrible. My initial reaction is, all right, I, I understand why. I was a little more understanding, but I'm like, I'm still not a fan. Why are we giving up Jared Kelenic and Justin Dunn when the farm system is already depleted enough and then you're just depleting it more to get an all-star closer? And the only reason Cano was in this deal initially was because he was old and we had to take on that contract for the Mariners. So... That was just, so that trade is going to haunt us forever because Jared Kelnick is looking like a elite center field prospect. Diaz in 2019, we know the story with him. He did bounce back, but at the same time, you don't trade an all-star closer for a star center field prospect and a star pitching prospect. Has Justin Dung look great so far? No. No, not at all, but he's still young and still can develop. And Jared Kelenic, I mean, the Mets, when was the last time the Mets had a prospect that was able to come up at a young age? You had Rosario, you had Smith. All right, all right, sure. Did they struggle at first? Yeah. But Jared Kelenic, to me, had the potential to be your Bryce Harper or Manny Machado to come up at a young age. I don't think he was coming up at 19 years old for us like this season. I think that he would have came up probably this coming up season in 2021, at least in the middle of the season. You have an you had an opportunity to have a 20-year-old, 21-year-old center field prospect, and you would have a dumb amount of years of control over him. And it's just a shame that the Mets did it because the Mets have such a big hole at center field. It's just ridiculous but that is not even where it ends it's not even where it ends the whole Brody Van Wagenen era so what else does he do in the same offseason signs Wilson Ramos all right we need a catcher cool cool we need a catcher and I was a fan of the signing I can't lie I can't lie I was a fan of the signing but oh man oh man did that signing look brutal by the end and now Ramos is gone he's out of town and let's not forget the other brutal sign. By the way, I did remember just now the other third thing that Brody Van Wagenen did that I did want to cover that's good, and that was sign Justin Wilson, which that was another move I was going to talk about either way because that was a really good signing. That offseason, he also signed Jed Lowry. We all know the story there. This guy, Jed Lowry, doesn't play... He he no he does play a game. My bad. He got seven at bats, a whopping seven at bats for the New York Mets. And uh, ironic, I was at one of the games where he did get at bat. I was at his first at bat as a Met, and I don't even think he got a hit with the Mets. 
Not one. Not one. And we signed him. Brody signed him just because he was his client. That's it. There is no other reason to sign Jack Larry at that point because the organization didn't trust Jeff McNeil already, which, by the way, Brody Van Wagenen had to get talked out of trading Jeff McNeil with that Jared Kelenic, uh trade with Cano and Diaz. The Mets analytics department had to talk Brody out of trading McNeil on that, and it made no sense to... McNeil came up in 2018... Looked like a all-star. And for whatever reason, Brody Van Wagenen had no faith in him at second base. And goes out and gets Robinson Cano. It's unbelievable. And then, after that, he still proceeds to sign Jed Lowry. Why? Why? Sure, J.D. Davis was a surprise and we didn't know how he was realistically going to be. But you already had McNeil. You had Cano. You had... Todd Frazier on the roster. You had all these third baseman, second baseman guys on the roster that there was no reason to go out and get Jed Lowry. People were fans of the signing, and I just truly don't understand why. The guy ended up getting like a bionic leg or whatever while he was here. Just so stupid. What else does he do? Because you're probably thinking, there's no way he could, uh, this list could keep going on. Oh, it could go on for a while. We can make an entire podcast here of going on it, but I do want to try to get through it quick so we can talk about other topics here with, with the Cano suspension and, like I said, who the Mets will target. But in terms of the Brody Van Wagenen moves, he goes out and trades a pitching prospect for one month of Billy Hamilton, he traded to get Jake Marisnik, a defensive specialist center fielder, which we've experimented this before. In the past, we've experimented this numerous times, and it never works. And part of that trade was Blake Taylor, relief pitcher now for the Astros, who was dominant, completely dominant, lights out, electric stuff out of the pen from Blake Taylor this year for the Astros. We've been down the road of trying these defensive first center fielders. When have they worked? Juan Lagares, Curtis Granderson, sure, that was probably the last good one. Billy Hamilton, Jake Marisnik, Keon Broxton. You know what they all have in common? They swing a wet noodle at the plate. Granderson didn't, so you know what, I, I take back what I said there, but towards the end of his career, it wasn't looking too great, and he had to move over from center field either way. But these defensive first center fielders just are painful to watch. That's the reality of it. And you had an opportunity to keep Jared Kelenic, your top prospect, center field prospect, who is known to be good on both sides of the ball. So you know what Brody Van Wagenen does this draft? He drafts P. Crow Armstrong. All right, fine. Let's see what he's got. But you know what the scouts say about him? He's a defensive first center fielder. Sure, defense is valuable, but if you swing a wet noodle at the plate, I don't care. It's not good enough. You need to be good on both sides of the ball, and that's what we addressed last episode, how the Mets need to build an organization where you have players on the field every day that could perform offensively and defensively. 
just ridiculous with Brody Van Wagenen. And I don't even think I finished covering the rest of it. I mean, yeah, he did trade prospects for Keon Broxton. Speaking of that move, that didn't uh, end well. Not that any of those prospects really were good or anything. I'm sure one of them will now have a all-star year now that I said that. But Brody Van Wagenen, notorious for just bad moves, and that Cano Diaz trade will just always be the icing on the cake, especially now, which will segue perfectly into the Robinson Cano suspension. What were you thinking, Cano? You're not watching this, obviously, but what, what was he thinking? What was he thinking to get suspended a second time? You have the money in the bag. And you don't even, you could get paid your $24 million or whatever to just be on the bench most of the time. Instead, he takes PEDs. I believe personally that he did this because of the injury problems in 2019. In 2019, he was really good, actually. I think people sleep on how Cano was in 2019. And the reason for that is because he was off the field most of the time. I think the PEDs were realistically just to help with his injury levels or his injuries in general, whatever. Because if you just look at what was what he was like when he was on the field and healthy, Cano was playing like he was on the Yankees again. Realistically, that's what I saw out of him, and I thought he was really good. I went actually I wouldn't say I wouldn't go that far to say Yankee caliber Cano or like early Mariner caliber Cano, but he was performing at a good level. It showed when he was taking them because he was on the field more. He was healthy. He was able to play second base defensively a lot more. And it just showed that he needed them for the injuries and to help him stay on the field. And that's why I believe he took them. But, man, I don't know what he was thinking. However, though, for the Mets... From a business standpoint, this is all but good news. This is great news because now we have $24 million off the payroll. With Steve Cohen in office, having $24 million off the payroll, this is just going to be fun. This could segue now into our final topic of the episode, which is who I believe the Mets should target. To be honest, it's tough. It's tough because... You obviously have so many holes on this roster, and this team is so far from contending, which I pray, I pray we hire a GM that is not a former agent, a player, whatever. Just get someone with experience, for the love of God. For every Met fan's sake, I ask you, Steve Cohen, to get us a general manager with some front office experience. I do not want to go through this bullshit again. I just don't. I can't take it anymore with the managerial position. I can't take it with the general manager position. There's one thing it has in common. It never works. It never works. And that's why we can't go down this route again. Because it's just not going to end well. Going on though, back on track with the Mets who they should target. Again, it's tough because you have... Holes in the bullpen still, which the bullpen was good, but you still have holes there. You have holes when it comes to starting pitching. You have holes when it comes to center field and just the outfield in general because you're playing Smith there still. You have holes up the middle of the infield and 
honestly at third base, just pretty much everywhere in the infield except first. You have a whole a gigantic hole behind the dish now because Tomas Nito is the only catcher, really, MLB caliber catcher, I should say, on the roster at this point. My ideal scenario is I would be okay. I wouldn't be pleased. Don't get me wrong. I would not be pleased with the Mets throwing Jimenez at third. Then you have a shortstop Rosario McNeil at second. I wouldn't be pleased, but it would be somewhat acceptable. I think there are two, three guys, actually. Three guys that you have to go out and get. Three positions that have to be filled specifically, I should say. And I'm going to name a player for those positions. Trevor Bauer, because starting pitching, who knows how long it's going to take for Syndergaard to get back. Strowman, who knows how he is after a year off. So you need a number two in that rotation. Trevor Bauer. You go out and sign James McCann to fill behind the dish. So you could finally, and I mean finally, have a catcher that could both hit and also play defense. Sure, he's out real muto, but we're trying to not piss away too much money here. Even though I saw a report that the Mets will be on. We'll try to get multiple of the big four free agents, or the big four guys actually, because Lindor is one of them. Or, but he's not free agent. The last guy, which is out of those big four, is George Springer. We need a legit center fielder. I'm sick and tired of seeing Brandon Nimmo struggle out there in center field. I'm tired of when Nimmo's injured, seeing Conforto out there in center. Then you have in left and right in the corners of the outfield, you have McNeil and Smith. No. No. Nope. Not good enough. Not good enough. If... Cohen and company are serious about this three to five year window of winning a World Series. Let's go. Let's go. Show it. Show that you're looking to realistically actually make a change. Show it. Show it. Because I'm sick and tired of the crap that is sold to us every year and us getting sucked into the Will Ponds crap, which Cohen, I trust more. Man, if we just hire another moronic general manager, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm really going to lose my mind. What else did I want to say? Oh, yeah, so Springer is a necessity. I think I'd really love us to get Liam Hendricks for the bullpen. I'm not looking, I'm not saying we should go out and sign all the free agents, but. We have to fill these needs on the roster. We have to. I'm sick and tired of these infielders playing the outfield. I'm tired of these players just playing out of position. No team does this. None. None at all. Sure, I, I, I'm okay with guys being versatile, obviously. I like McNeil's versatility, but... I don't want him... I want him to be playing a natural position like second base or third base that he's more comfortable in instead of the outfield. Although, he looked better in the outfield than third base, actually, realistically. But seeing him at second base this year, if we don't get LeMay, he will be pretty good. For the bullpen, also, we gotta bring back Justin Wilson. We need a lefty back there. Shreve had a good year, but... He cannot be the only lefty back there. Can't do it. Can't. 
But if the Mets want any of us to buy in on this, fill the holes on the roster. Fill them. Because the team just still looks really pathetic. Obviously, we're waiting to see what happens this offseason, and Cohen hasn't made any moves, but I really just hope they are serious about this 3-5 to year window thing. Lately, I I mean, I'm confident Cohen, like I said, but man, if we hire a inexperienced guy as a general manager, that's when my hope for this franchise goes down a little. I can't even lie. Sure, at least we'll have Sandy Alderson to step over and step on the toes. Someone with a lot of experience. But I want it to be a real organization where the general manager is doing his job. The manager is doing his job. Everybody is doing their jobs individually. I'm sick of the dysfunctional organization. Sick of it. And it needs to change. We need to fill the holes on the roster. The real sad part is a lot of Met fans don't see the holes on the roster like I do. Let me know your thoughts in the comment section. But that's going to be the episode. Be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, like I said. And if you can't see the link in the description, it's just Evan Sports Media. It's the name of the channel just without the S at the end of Evan. It's just Evan Sports Media. But thank you guys so much for watching. And I'll see you guys in the next episode.